A very special thanks to our $5 fans, Andrew Anker, Carl Nelson, Stephen Fox, David McCreeth, Brendan Atkins, Lucius Kwok, Ben Summers, Ryan Wachtel, Robert Lyle, M.R. Jason, Nav Poera, and Roman Zajkowski. This episode of Let's Make Mistakes is brought to you by An Event Apart and Squarespace. I'm keeping a list of who's not on that list that you read out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's our hit list. Yeah. I mean, they're not on that list. They're on a different list. Let's remind people how they get on the good list. Giving us your lunch money. Basically. Yeah. Tugboatyards.com slash mistakes. Five bucks. I don't... I know I read something as M... I mean, uh... Uh, somebody else read that as M.R. Jason. It was capital M, capital R. J- I don't know if it's Mr. Jason. That sounds silly. That sounds like... Yeah, that sounds adult. Yeah. Mr. Jason. Mr. Jason What do you Pickle. think that somebody... Uh, yeah, like, what would somebody named Mr. Jason do for a living? Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Is he, like, a part-time DJ? Yeah. Okay. He used to do Flash during the day, <laughs> DJ oh, yeah, at night. for sure. Everybody who did Flash during the day DJed at night. Yeah. And like Mr. Jason might sound like a, la- a lame name, but it's definitely like a step up from what he actually is. Like Mr. Jason is like even maybe a little too cool for We're Mr. mocking Jason. the people who gave us money, which is maybe why people don't give us money. No, M.R. Jason gave us money, not Mr. Jason. Anyway, I'm picking up another laugh track here, so maybe we should introduce our guest. Oh. Who are you? I'm Mike Essel. Hi, Mike Essel. Hi. You have a podcast on the Mule Radio Network, right? I do, with Ed Casey. It's called Issues, and we talk about comic books. Yeah, I don't know anything about that. <laughs> Mike, you got anything? Yeah, you've never heard it? I've never... Oh, no, I, I mean, I know it. I'm aware. I'm very aware of it. I've just never heard it, because I don't... Um, it's not your thing. Well, it's not that it's not my thing. It's just that it's not, like, my thing. I don't know. I, I don't read comic books. And sure. so I feel like maybe I am not the target demographic. Is that incorrect? Do you know there's a Veronica Mars comic book? I've never seen that show. Wow. Really? That's a great show. Yeah. There's a Buffy the Vampire Slayer comic. I've never seen that show Whoa. either. Whoa. What the... F- what are you watching? <laughs> um, I mean, when I was, like... 12 i was really into sailor moon i don't know that's like the closest i think my wife's into that but i've never i don't even barely know what that is yeah i mean and like and like a very small array of some other japanese you know graphic novels that we don't have to talk about here (laughs) it was it was a phase cool um all right. Well, is that the episode? <laughs> Let's wrap up. I'm a really good interviewer. That was great. I want to thank our sponsors. <laughs> yeah. Um, what are you doing here, Mike? Um, I'm looking for an apartment so that I can start working for Mule Design. But wait, don't you live in New York? I do. I live in Queens, and I work at Cooper Union in New York City. That sounds like a great job. <laughs> it was a great job for 10 years. What happened? Well, uh, 
A little background is that Cooper Union for 155 years has been free. By the way, Jesse, we don't have to talk for the next 40 minutes. (laughs) So Cooper Union was free in that it provided full tuition scholarships to all the students who attended. For the people who might not be familiar with Cooper Union... We have a lot of audience in the in the flyover area. Sure. So so Cooper Union is a small art, architecture, and engineering school that was founded in 1859 by industrialist Peter Cooper. So Peter Cooper, he invented things like the rolled steel I beam. He invented Jello. He invented the Tom Thumb steam engine. <laughs> wow. So, so that's how he made all his money. Um, and he founded the the Cooper Union with sort of two ideas in mind. One is that people should never go into debt to get an education and that uh, every student who attends the Cooper Union should be should go for free. And for 155 years, that's exactly what happened. And then a few years ago, they took out a $175 million loan to build a building that we didn't need. And now we have, we're $10 million in debt service a year towards this loan so that are breaking one of the rules. Right, one of the rules. And then in order to pay back this loan, they've decided to charge tuition. Don't schools usually get money from somebody before they make a building? Like, And then the person's name goes on the building? Yeah. yeah. We were told that if we build it, the donors would come. So like a field of oh. dreams type thing. Exactly, and it, it never happened. They, they didn't come. Know. They not only did they not come, um, it, it went seventy-five million dollars over budget. That seems weird because at that point you're trying to convince somebody that you need money, but you've just built this building. Exactly. Which makes me think that you already have money. Exactly. That's what the problem we're in now is that the 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 a lot of people like me who have been at Cooper Union for a long time, and I also went to Cooper Union as a student are leaving because yeah. we 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 were basically only there to, for the mission. And what what did you do at Cooper Union? So I ran the graphic design department. So we, we don't really have departments at Cooper Union, but I basically oversaw the hiring of adjunct faculty members. I oversaw the curriculum, and I taught three to two classes a semester in graphic design. So I taught anything from like two-dimensional design, which is like tell a story with black triangles, <laughs> To all the way to like a typography class. And then I taught a senior class called Open Studio that the students proposed projects and then I helped them make the projects. And how long were you there? Uh, since 2001. So 13 years. It's a long time. Yeah. So who fucked up? We had uh, two presidents in a row who fucked up. One is named George Campbell, who decided to build the building. And the new president, this guy, Jamshed Barucha, decided to charge tuition. I mean, in, in the board of trustees are really who fucked up, but these two presidents are like the figureheads of the fuck up, basically. So you're charging tuition now. Cooper Union is charging tuition. Yeah, they're doing this bullshit thing now where they say they're charging a half to it, that everybody gets a half tuition scholarship, which means it costs 20 grand a year. Which is is cheap compared to most art schools, but is not very cheap compared to most other colleges. It turns out a lot of colleges are offering half tuition scholarships to everybody these days. Well, that's good. And that violates rule number two. Right, which is that they're not supposed to charge students to go to the Cooper Union. Correct. It's, it's an ugly, ugly situation. So uh, like a year ago, about I think about 15 to 20 students occupied the president's office. And it turned out to be the longest occupation of president, 
the longest college occupation in American history. And, um, and we did get a lot of press and we thought we were going to overturn the tuition decision, but they ended up, the board decided to stick with it and charge tuition anyway. So it, there's actually a documentary that's about to come out called ivory tower. Um, it, it's in full release on June 13th and it will be on CNN in the fall. And it, it's all about this crisis in higher education where the colleges are expanding and, the reason they're expanding is because like say your main competitor builds an in-ground pool and a rock wall. Well then you have to build an in-ground pool and a rock wall mm -hmm. or you, you know, you have to match perk for perk and that kind of race just means that tuition gets charged more and more and more. And, and a study just came out, it was published in the New York times a couple of days ago um, that the colleges with the highest paid presidents give the least amount of money in, in aid. So it, it really is proportional to, and our president makes $750,000 a year. Whoa. And that's a lot of money. And we only have a thousand students and the president of Harvard only makes a little bit more, which is unbelievable. Wow. That's bananas. Yeah. It's a disgrace. I mean, I, I, the only reason I worked there is because I believed in the mission. And now that they've scrapped the mission, I, I was looking for another place to work where I could you know, uh, work on stuff I believed in, which is how I've ended up at Mule. Well, that's nice to hear. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> See, and you went to, you were a student there as well. Yeah, I went there from 92 to 96, and it, it really changed my life to the point where I have a tattoo of the building I went to. The The building I studied in is tattooed on my chest. Wow. Yeah. I, I love it there. I mean, if you make me keep talking about it, I'll start crying. <laughs> So we have a choice here. We do have a choice. Actually, we don't have a choice at all. <laughs> well, you don't have a choice. There's only one way to go. It's just, it's one of these things where when you, you know, going to school for free and knowing that the person next to you is also going for free mm -hmm. and that we could all be from different economic circumstances and, but we're all there for the same reason that nobody's making us be there. Nobody's paying you to be there. Nobody, you know, it's like we, we've all opted in and the school wanted us. Mm -hmm. So it, it's really, it's this like experiment in equality. It's kind of amazing. Do you see any fix here? There, there's, there's some stuff in the works that could fix it. Where, where did the, where did this guy come from? This president? It's funny. The, my understanding is, is that they interviewed a few people. They brought a few people in. And when they investigated the finances, they turned the job down. Really? And, yeah, this is my understanding. The, it was all a closed process. So everything I hear is rumor, essentially. But we do know that the president we have now, this guy, Jamshed Barusha, in an interview on YouTube, which I don't know, even know how that interview got there, he basically says something along the lines of, so I got this call, and then a day later I met in a Starbucks, and then I signed the contract. And it was as if he was picked up outside of the vetting process. That's, I, that's how you like buy a used Xbox. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I bought a Nintendo Wii out of some guy's trunk, so I totally know what you're talking about. So you can get a Nintendo Wii, or you can get a, <laughs> a president a of a university. For yeah. Cooper Union. And this guy, um, the amazing thing about this guy to me anyway, is that we know he's already spent like almost $2 million on private security because he's afraid of all of us. 
What do you mean private security? Like, for instance, we we had a block party to celebrate the Cooper Union a couple weeks ago, and he was flanked by three private security guards. And when we arrived at the event, there were- Like S1Ws? Yeah, kind of, yeah. (laughs) I haven't thought about the S1W. For those of you who don't know, that's public enemies, private security firm. Yeah. (laughs) Um, How do you not know that? (laughs) Jesse, do you know that? No. Really? No, I think that it, I think uh, based on our discussions thus far, I think that we may run in different cultural circles. <laughs> the S1Ws—they're the guys that would stand on the stage at Public Enemy shows and, and basically look tough. They were kind of amazing, actually. That's cool. Um, but yeah, basically there were guys with earpieces, like as if he, they were Secret Service guys. It's crazy. And if you walk by this guy's, I, we pay for his house in the East Village in New York. <laughs> you you walk by there day or night. There's a security guard in the window, just sitting there. What um what's he afraid of? My understanding is he was getting into a cab, and one of our students banged on the roof. And, I've done that to cab, and um, ever since then he's been terrified of us. <laughs> when you guys took over the office, mm-hmm. I mean. Well, I didn't take okay. over the office, but yeah. When Cooper Union students took over the office, mm-hmm. like did they did they like tear it up or No, they you know, it's funny. They so they marched in. There's a bit of a scuffle on the way in. Um and then they started running classes out of there. They started having events, they started talking about the school's governance. They brought in lectures. They brought in like outside people to talk to them about governance and talk to them about other occupations and it's kind of an amazing thing. How were people getting in there? The basically, they found out. I think that the president was in a different a meeting outside, and when they they basically just walked in because the doors were open. So the my understanding is the secretary tried to stop them, but they just walked right past the secretary and then stayed in there night and day for. I want to say it was more than sixty days. I think it was actually a lot longer than that. It's a really long time. Yeah, it was really. Um, they they at first they were going to call the police and then they sent the police away and then they did a thing where they barred they blocked up all the water fountains and they blocked the bathrooms and and then they tried to block the stairs and then it was pointed out that that was a violation of fire code and they had to tear all that down it, the whole scenario was just it was a crazy time at Cooper Union wow there was this one amazing thing was um there's this art collective of Cooper Union graduates called the Bruce High Quality Foundation Sure. And they sent them pizza one night using balloons, like helium balloons. Wow. Possible? Yeah, they basically took these big balloons and with a guided string, they just they raised up like um, boxes of pizza to the president's office. Wow. That's yeah. pretty cool. It was beautiful. I mean, that sounds amazing. Maybe not the most efficient way. <laughs> no, no, no. But they had blocked entry into the... Well, they, there were two different occupations. I think I'm getting them confused. We also have an upper level space where there's a big clock. Mm-hmm. And the, that was the first occupation. And then the second occupation was inside the president's office. So the, let's just say the students are outraged. <laughs> My goodness. Are people leaving? Yeah. I mean, a couple students have uh, already left without graduating. Um, we also know that a lot of students aren't applying anymore. And what, I mean, what's interesting about Cooper Union is like, in the art school, about 2,000, 2000 maybe 2,500 is the max number of applications that we get, but we only accept 60. So it's like a 2 to 3% acceptance rate. It's actually the lowest for any art school in the country. And 
it's very rare that anybody would turn down our offer. You know, like mm-hmm. it's almost we get a hundred percent acceptance rate. Occasionally, we'll lose a kid to like an Ivy League school or a liberal arts college, but usually everybody says yes. And this year, we had ten people say no. Wow, because they couldn't afford it. And you know, if you're only taking sixty-five or sixty to sixty-five kids, when ten say no, that's a big dip in your class. So, we even had we normally we would go to the wait list to fill those spaces, but a lot of the people on the wait list didn't want to wait, and they they went to another school. Which I, I would argue this is just the tip of the iceberg. I think it's just going to get worse and worse. So, ugh. Well, that's too bad. It's so much more fun to talk about comic books. All right, we can get back to that in a second. <laughs> this seems like a good time to take a break and talk about one of our sponsors. Yes, uh, this episode is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website or online portfolio. For a free trial and 10% off, go to squarespace.com and use the offer code MISTAKES. Have they improved their platform any, Jesse? Yes, Squarespace is constantly improving their platform with new features, new designs, and even better support. Sorry, I just went into a funny voice. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> they have beautiful designs for you to start with and all of the style options you need to create a unique website for you or your business. But surely they don't have customizable templates. Well, Mike, Squarespace has over 20 highly customizable templates for you to choose from. It is incredibly easy to use, um, but if you want some help, Squarespace has an amazing support team that works 24 hours a day. That sounds like it's going to be expensive, Jesse. Seven days a week. It starts at just $8 a month. What? You got $8. And every design automatically includes a unique mobile experience that matches the overall style of your website. So your content will look great on every device all the time. How do I get started? Am I going to need a credit card? You can start a a trial with no credit card uh, and start building your website. When you decide to sign up for Squarespace, do make sure to use the offer code MISTAKES to get 10% off and to show your support for Let's Make Mistakes. That's us. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) I didn't thank you. My students use Squarespace. Do they? For their portfolios. Yeah, they love it. The, yeah. There's, I mean, some students who like to roll their own stuff, but a lot of students, they just use it to get their portfolio and help them get a job. It sounds like a great service. It is. I've used it. Have you? Mm-hmm. What have you built with it, Jesse? Um, I, uh, um, I built a lot of half websites. You know when it's like... 3 a.m. and you're like playing iPhone games in bed and you're like, oh my God, I just came up with an amazing blog. It is going to be my life. And then you buy the domain for it and you come up with like all of your concepts for what the content is going to be and you sign up for Squarespace um, and and you build it and then you go to write the first post and you're like, eh. Yeah. And it's also then like, 4 a.m., you're really tired. You wake up the next morning. You have no idea what happened. Um, As the guy who owns 50 domains, I totally know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, Squarespace always pulls much more weight than I do in that situation. (laughs) So for those of you who have the ability to follow through, Squarespace is for closers. All right. There you go. Yeah. So... Let's talk about happy things. Okay. Comic books? Sure. What do you want to talk about? What's your favorite comic book? (laughs) 
I'm wearing a Punisher t-shirt, and I've been reading Punisher comics for the last month or so. What's Punisher? <laughs> Punisher's name is Frank Castle. He's a starting f- from scratch. He's a formal former Marine. His family was murdered by the mob, mm-hmm. and so he's, he's his whole family or like well, his, his parents. No, his wife and kid were, oh, mur- okay. were murdered by the mob. Are his parents still alive? That's I don't well, know. What actually. the hell does that matter? <laughs> I don't know. Continue. And he has no superpowers, mm-hmm. but he he just likes to kill people. Except the sense of justice. Yeah. Uh, yeah does he, he kill bad people or good people? Or only both? bad people. Okay. Well, How define he, bad. Basically, this people who have committed murder or who sell drugs. He How does kills. he find the bad people? He has a network that he uses of you know cops and and investigations, and he you know he he surveils them. Mm-hmm. It's like a crime war comic kind of. Or does he have any enemies? I mean, you could say the entire mafia is his enemy, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, are, are, do you ever do people ever go after him um, uh, in an unconnected way to the people who he is going after? Occasionally, there are these like task force that are formed to hunt him down, mm-hmm. and he often, uh, actually, every time defeats them. Now you said he's he has no superpowers. Um, how does he kill people? Does he mix it up? Is it like an axe thing? Is it a poison thing? Is it a punchy thing? That's a great question, actually. He's I, in the comics I've been reading. I, I started at the very beginning, mm-hmm. so he debuted like in the mid seventies. And so far, my favorite things are um, <laughs> two different times now he's killed people by throwing them into the mouth of a shark. That's um, now. Did did he was the shark there because he put it there, or did, did there just happen to be a shark and he one time? Just... One time there was a shark in a tank mm-hmm. that through gunfire the shark was coming towards them because the the tank exploded. Okay, and he threw him into the mouth of the shark. Okay, and then another time they were like out on the ocean and a shark arrived and he just. I guess it was coincidence. He just threw. Well, the guy he was in. like, "This worked for me once. It'll <laughs> right. work for me again." Do <laughs> you then, think that that's the last time that he will throw somebody into the mouth of a shark? I'm wondering if actually this is like a repeating theme, like because w- mm-hmm. one of them was in an early comic and the other one was in a, a much later comic. Mm-hmm. I'm sort of hoping there's more death by shark in the All middle right. somewhere. So he doesn't necessarily have a signature way of offing people. No, but there you can guarantee that when you read a Punisher comic, lots of people are going to die. Does he have a uniform? <laughs> yeah, I'm, wear- I'm wearing it. Uh, a t-shirt no it's it's more like a a black shirt with a big white skull on it okay like is it normal or like if he was walking down the street would you be like what is with this weird superhero man it's i would say wear a cape no no capes no no he's like the anti-superhero kind of okay um i got into him because mostly because my podcast partner ed casey makes fun of me for liking him so much Mm -hmm. which somehow i'm now reading it kind of out of spite Mm -hmm. (laughs) um i'm loving it though i lots of things that mueller done out of spite (laughs) his just the punisher sense of justice it just seems right to me it's just fun to read interesting where does it take place well the forever it took place in new york almost every comic is set in new york Mm -hmm. but then is it real new york or fake new york um, I mean, it's comic book New York. Okay, so, so like, not is it is it like there's the Chrysler Building or is it the, there's like the Gotham Building? No, no, okay. Gotham Punisher's in the Marvel universe and the Gotham stuff is in DC. Okay, Marvel is which one? Is that Spider Man? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And DC's Batman. Sure. <laughs> what is New York called in Marvel? Does it have a name? It's called New York. New York. Oh, okay. And in DC, there okay. is no. I think there's no New York in DC. No, there's DC fake uses fake names like okay. Metropolis and Gotham. Because they couldn't like license New York. Apparently. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Got it. Okay, so but, Marvel New York. But I read superhero comics too. I'm just right now concentrating on the Punisher. Does the I Punisher call that a superhero comic? Does yeah, the Punisher is. ever <laughs> meet any of the other Marvel characters? Spider Man. That's it. That's yeah. He debuted in Spider Man. Do they like each other? Nobody likes Frank. Yeah, nobody likes the Punisher. He whenever he shows up, people die, and most superheroes don't want people to die. So that they're right. they're basically at odds, but on occasion they'll work together. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, he he put Daredevil through the ringer a couple times. That What's I re- Daredevil? Daredevil's another Marvel superhero. He's blind. He's blind. Then yeah. how does he how does he do anything? <laughs> he was hit on the head with a radioactive canister as a child. And that gave him height. It blinded him, but it also gave him heightened senses. So like, he had, like like other senses, or just he still has five senses left, or I'm sorry, four senses left, and like yeah, they're four, just better. They're so better. He's like so really he, good at tasting food, right? And okay. smelling, and he his hearing sort of works like sonar. So he probably doesn't like cilantro. I can't eat cilantro either. By the way, for those listening <laughs> at home. You have no idea how much fun it is to just sit back and watch this conversation happen. I have happen. so many questions. This is so great. Okay, so he doesn't like cilantro. He's blind. We are now talking about Daredevil and whether he can eat cilantro or not. Does he have a family? Um, he's had a lot of girlfriends that have been killed by his arch enemy. Okay, is he ever worried about like the fact that like all of his girlfriends die? Yes, he's very worried about it. Okay, so it's hard for him to get into a relationship. He has intimacy issues. I would think so. He okay. also just moved to San Francisco from Why? New York. Is he in the tech industry? <laughs> no, he his secret identity was outed. What in was New his York. secret identity? He's a blind lawyer. <laughs> like in Arrested <laughs> Development? Is that lawyer blind? It's fascinating. <laughs> yeah, I guess it is it's like fascinating. <laughs> Yes, like Arrested Development. Okay, so now what is he doing in San Francisco? It's the same thing. He's a blind lawyer in San Francisco. Well, I, you know, I've only read the first two issues. I don't know if he's practicing as a lawyer or not. I mean, what? <laughs> when does this take place? Is this in the internet era? Because I just don't feel like that's a very good thing to do. Like San Francisco and New York are very connected with each other, especially in this age of, uh, of the internet. And like you could just Google him and then be like, oh, there's a man who's a blind lawyer who yep. was outed as what is his name again? Daredevil. The Daredevil. <laughs> Daredevil or the Daredevil? No, just Daredevil. Daredevil. The blind lawyer slash uh, superhero man with super taste. Sure. Okay. <laughs> the, in the in the first issue in in San Francisco, he he picks up a letter off the table. He's helping the cops find somebody, mm-hmm. and he like smells the letter. And he immediately can tell them like what kind of room the letter was sealed in and okay. where in the city it was sealed Does in. Does he ever use his taste? Um, you know, I don't. I don't to solve remember crime. right away if he's used taste to solve crime. I could see how like like hearing would be very useful. Um, I could see how maybe f- like you know touching and feeling is like maybe going to at least help him get around. Sure. Um, and and smelling letters to know what room they were written in. Um, I don't know how that's helpful. But uh, I, think the, I think the I think the cilantro helpful. thing is just like overkill. Like, why did they even need to add the height the heightened sense of taste? Well, I don't know. You brought that up. I don't know if he has a heightened sense of taste. I'm you just said assuming that, all that the he other does. Senses <laughs> heightened, and that is one of them. And I would like to know how taste affects his everyday life as a crime well, solver in San Francisco. Well, you know when when cops find cocaine. And the first thing they do is they take a little bit to, you know, to verify that it's cocaine, yeah. right? So I imagine that if that daredevil could 
do a little bit more than verify that it was cocaine. Sure, he could probably even source so it. He also he does could source coke? it. Yeah, he, he source cocaine. He could say what it's cut with, probably. Right. See, that's there. That's what super taste gets you: cocaine sourcing. I mean, he could probably take a sample from this bag you of cocaine. Eat cocaine? And could, you could put it on your tongue. Sure, I okay. don't know. I mean, you can put anything on your tongue. I've never eaten cocaine, but I'm sure you can eat it. Hmm. Welcome to Let's Make Mistakes. <laughs> this okay. seems like a great time for a word from our sponsor. Today's show is sponsored by an event apart, the design conference for people who make websites. You Even, were just there, right? I was just there. I just got back from San Diego last week. And I can tell you, what a delightful audience. Were there any Let's Make Mistakes listeners? You know, I didn't ask, but I will next time. Let's just assume that all of them are Let's Make Mistakes. You should travel with me to these conferences, and we could put on shows, like, we, from the stage. Yeah, we can put on a show. I mean, look at this amazing podcast that we've that we've crafted. <laughs> Handcrafted. <laughs> Hand-rolled. It's artisanal. No, I tweeted about this today. Oh, no, wait. We're going to talk about that after. We're going to talk about... We'll, Let's do our sponsorship, right? We'll get back to artisanal. Right? An event apart is an intensely educational two-day learning session for passionate practitioners of standards-based web design. If you care about code as well as content, usability as well as design, an event apart is the conference you've been waiting for. Created by Eric Meyer, the world's leading CSS authority, and Jeffrey Zeldman, creator of A List Apart and author of Designing with Web Standards, an event apart brings together 12 of the leading minds in web and interaction design for two days of inspiration and enlightenment, followed by an optional full-day workshop on mobile or touch. Attending AAA keeps you ahead of the curve. An event apart is where Ethan Marcote introduced the world to responsive web design, and Luke Rabluski taught the industry to design mobile first. The speakers at AEA are scary good. Or in my case, just scary. Or scary. And every session is entertaining, memorable, and useful. Attend an event apart in a city near you. Let's make mistakes. Listeners get a $75 discount off our two- and three-day events for the rest of the year. $75 discount? Whoa. Jeez. Visit an event apart and enter AEA Mule into the shopping cart. You know, I'm really looking forward to the next one. Where is the next one? Well, the next one for me is going to be Chicago. Ooh, when are you going to be there? It is in August, I believe, but there's some in between now and then. Fun. I'm not speaking at all of them, (laughs) but I'm doing Chicago. I learned to do uh, standards-based code from Zeldman's book, however many years ago it came out. Yeah, I think a lot of people did. He Zeldman was also the first person to ever link to me, ever. Back really? In, back in 1996. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> I, I was weirdly honored, I have to say. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, it's nice. Jesse. Yeah? Did you get in a fight today? I didn't get in a fight today. I just, I just complained on the internet, like into a black hole, apropos of nothing. I got, an, I got, a, I got um, uh, like a... Like a not a spam email, but like a newsletter thingy thing that was like, throw your next bespoke artisanal event at this venue, and it's like you use both of those words in the same sentence. Unironically, come on. Was it from brunch? What was it from brunch? 
BRV. BRV. Oh, I don't know. No, I've never, I don't know what that is. Brunch. Um, <laughs> it's like Roman brunch. Like, how can you live in San Francisco and not be like hyper aware of what a goddamn cliche that is? But I just, don't think people see it as a cliche. But really? this this whole artisanal, artisanal, made with love, handcrafted just for you bullshit. It's just too much. I so I I was thinking about it because like I I I hate being like the kind of person who's like nobody can use that word because the word exists for whatever purpose and 10 years ago the word artisanal was maybe not a problem or bespoke. Um I walked by a place this this morning on my way to work, um, some new gym that just opened up mm-hmm. that was advertising artisanal fitness. I saw that. <laughs> I saw the same place. I just, so... Artisanal so, fitness, Jesse. <laughs> I was thinking about what my issue with it is. And it's like, if I personally am like maybe describing a bakery to somebody and I'm like, oh, they make like rustic, like artisanal, I air quotes that bread. Yeah, I but doesn't, like, don't all break bakeries do that? Well, I guess when I say that word now, I am referring to like, you know, the hipster foodie type things rather than just like your safe way that bakes bread fresh every day or subway or subway (laughs) so so and i feel comfortable using that as an adjective to describe other things but it's when people call their own shit artisanal that i'm like don't call your own thing artisanal like other people can refer to it as suchly but like don't call it out it's like saying like like tell me about yourself well I'm really pretty. Um, I'm really good at everything. Like, just say that, like, you make your own bread and then let other people qualify it. Did um, did did people argue with you on Twitter? No, nobody did. No? No. Everybody was in agreement. He was fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> um, if people did argue with me, um, it was it was just washed away by a sea of belieber tweets that were directed at me today, like hundreds of them. Belieber tweets. Yeah, I got like. What else did you do? Oh, I didn't do any. I was I. Uh, <laughs> I didn't do anything. <laughs> I did nothing. I did nothing. Somebody else tweeted about me or tweet like mentioned me in a tweet, and then all of the beliebers jumped on it. Wait, who is somebody else? I have. I can't wait to unravel this. It's um, a client of ours um, works on a product, Shots. I think we've talked about it on the show before. And Justin Bieber is one of the investors in it. And so um, a lot of people uh, that follow this kind of application are also believers. Um, this is a world you may not be familiar with. So like... Because Twitter will shut an account down if, like, they tweet the same thing over and over again, what uh, what the teenage girls have figured out is that just numbering their tweets just alleviates that. So you'll get, like, please follow me one, please follow me two, please follow me three, Whoa. please follow me four. And you'll get, like, ones with, like, a hundred where it's, like, they just tweeted at me a hundred times with a number. <laughs> I looked at your at replies, and I have to say that really confused me. Yeah. I didn't get what was going on at it's all. It's hilarious. Um, but it also <laughs> just makes my Twitter, like, unusable for an hour. So... I, I even if you check out Mike's at replies, it's like anybody with a certain number of followers. It just seems like your at replies are worthless. 
you know, yeah. that they all pile, they pile up so high with yeah. like crazy comments that how do you even sort that? Yeah. I, I mean, Oh, I don't, I don't read other people's comments. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably a good policy. I it's have that problem push on Instagram. Only. Push only. I have at Jesse on Instagram and I get the weirdest comments and like tags. Like people are always mentioning me on Instagram and it's just people talking about their dog or something. I have um, ESSL.com and ESSL on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I'll get stuff like the Empire Swim League would like to, you know, it's like, it's lots of weird stuff coming at me for, to, to get the domain, but I don't get crazy at replies, luckily. Yes. I don't don't know. I don't know. Micah, what's up? You know what phrase really pisses me off? What? No worries. Oh man, I hate that. No worries. No like, worries. So you thank somebody and they say no worries. But I wasn't worried I in wasn't the first worried. place. <laughs> I was thanking you. I was being I was being gracious. I will say that I was guilty of this no worries thing because I picked it up from my students and an older professor, you know, thanked me for something and I said no worries and they just said to me, What the fuck is wrong with you? Exactly. <laughs> and ever since then I say, You're welcome. <laughs> Which is the proper reply <laughs> to thank you. Yeah, I think I'm guilty of no prob. No prob. Um, but I think that that's because it came from like the context of like me doing a thing for a person and then saying no prob. And then now I now it's just like it comes out when it when you haven't done anything for somebody. But apart from the overly cute abbreviation. <laughs> oh, I I abbreviate everything, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> That actually, God damn it, that actually makes sense. Like, you did somebody a favor, they thank you, and you're like, Wasn't a not problem. a problem right. at all. Yeah. No worries comes out of left field, <laughs> yeah. has nothing to do with jack shit. No, and it implies you're like neurotic or something. Right. But it also been sounds worrying. a little like Hakuna Matata-y. Well, I mean, Hakuna Matata literally means no worries. <laughs> Does it really? For the rest of your days. It's a problem-free philosophy. Um, <laughs> where, where does that phrase even come from? <laughs> so maybe we reply with that. Hakuna Matata to you too, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, just say Hakuna Matata. Haven't you guys seen The Lion King? I, I have not, but I'm sure it's in my future. <sighs> Have you seen Godzilla yet, Jesse? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, that's the... uh, And the last movie that I saw in theaters before that was, like, Star Trek. So it's been a long time since I've seen a movie in theaters. I went and I saw Godzilla. Do you have a child now? No. I just... I just... I don't know. I felt like, like a social obligation. I was with my friends, and they're like, we're gonna go and do this thing. And I was like, oh. Did you not like it? Um, did you guys see Godzilla? We yeah. did. I did not. Well, okay. I enjoyed myself while I was watching the movie. That's all you can ask for. But as soon as it was over, I was like, that was a shitty movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, I had and then such... I woke up the next day and I was like, oh my God, that movie was terrible. <laughs> I had low expectations, but I kind of loved it. It I was a Godzilla movie. I didn't have any expectations <laughs> because I... Literally had no idea there was a new Godzilla movie until hours before I went and saw it. Oh my god, I've been anticipating this thing for months. I had no idea. I Should had we spoil it for no people? idea. Yeah, sure, why what not? What is there to spoil? <laughs> there was no plot. It's a there Godzilla was no movie. Plot. There's a monster. The monsters they battle another monster. 
the end. They made a new <laughs> Bart logo. I think that that's probably the biggest spoiler in the movie. Yeah, that was really weird, I thought. That stuck out like a sore thumb, but everything else made sense. <laughs> so do you have to license the Bart logo to put it in a movie? Because I was trying to figure out why they would change it. Yeah, because I don't know. Public transportation seems like, for whatever reason, you wouldn't have to. Um, my best guess is that Bart just does not want to be associated with anything that has to do with safety because they're not But actually... they referenced it as Bart, though. This is they the did. thing I don't get. Yeah, they here's did. my thing. Though. Here's, here's what I think. The actual Bart logo is just B.A., Right. Yeah. Which doesn't make sense. No. I was noticing that too. It's like ba. No one right. calls it ba. So we we know it as the Bart logo because we live here. Mm-hmm. But I guess Bay Area is what Right. Yeah. I mean, it's short for Bay Area. Bay but Area. But I can I get transit. in other words, people who don't live here would not get that at all. So right. they spelled so if out you're, Bart. If you're talking about Bart and you and, and you're show, showing a logo that just says B A, mm-hmm. you're alienating anybody yep. who's not Intimately familiar, intimately familiar with Bart. Mm-hmm. Um, People have a, that super sense of taste, <laughs> licking the cushions. Just a um, very quick tangent. Also has to do with public transportation. I think we can handle a tangent on this show. Yeah, um, in Seattle, they had introduced um, a new light rail system called the South Lake Union Transit. The what now? South Lake Union Transit. Oh, okay. That's all. <laughs> That's it. It didn't think about it. It didn't. They had to change the oh, name. Oh, I see. I very see shortly after. Oh, slut. The slut. Yeah. So you'd ride the slut anyway. Well, um, they should have kept it. I, I don't. <laughs> I don't know if they like. Yeah, like people still have ride the slut T-shirts and stuff because like people jumped all over that. Of course. Um, anyway, <laughs> where were we? Godzilla. Thumbs down. <laughs> I mean. Go see it. I don't know. You For, people like you're like there's a bunch of here's my review. Here's my review. This is my podcast. Now I'm taking the mic. Um, uh, uh, there's about 30 minutes of plot and then monsters stomp on the city. I just spoiled the whole movie. That's what happens. And it was cool looking. Well, it looks like we have a replacement terrible. for Roger Ebert finally. Yeah. <laughs> The as, acting as was somebody, terrible. Somebody visiting from New York, I found it to be refreshing to watch another city get demolished. I mean, that was probably <laughs> the best part. I think that's why I was entertained is because I was like, ha ha. I was sad. Uh, yeah. yeah I, uh, I love seeing the city get destroyed. Yeah, in me too. I, lo- I was sad about Honolulu. Why? Because they because part of it was in Honolulu. It's still there, Jesse. I know. It's fake. But I... <laughs> I so, know. <laughs> did you see Rise of the Planet of the Apes? No. I did. There's some excellent San Francisco destruction in that movie. All right. And there's a new one coming out soon. Right? Yeah, I'm excited about yeah, that. Yeah, me too. Um, I mean, I think, and I was talking to one of my coworkers, I think that I haven't maybe... Is it, this the one you like? Yeah. Okay. The only one I like. Shrews. We can mention him. Okay. <laughs> Shrews. Uh, our, our running joke at Pacific Helm is that he is just employee of the month every month. Anyway. Um, uh, I think that the problem that I may have is with man versus nature movies because, like, character development often – maybe it's just that people are shitty at writing movies. But, like, character development is, like, just – it's um, – it doesn't matter because then the dinosaur is going to step on you. <laughs> and like, <laughs> I guess maybe it speaks to like the insignificance of human experience. Oh, I think you're asking way too much for I, a Godzilla movie. You know what? It's just that like, I watch 
great television shows now with like these deep stories and 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 characters that run over the course of a decade and then i sit down and watch godzilla for 90 minutes and i'm like i feel so empty inside it it does seem like tv's kind of winning on the drama front right now though right i yeah, mean it, i don't know i, I yes, think we go to I, movies to see these crazy blockbusters but we stay at home to see our like deep introspective dramas yeah I mean, you guys liked Godzilla, so maybe I am right and not like maybe this is why I don't go to movies. But you know, we like, I think are dumb. I, I, I like disaster movies. I yeah. like superhero movies, but I don't go see any other kind of movie. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I guess I, I guess, go for the spectacle. Yeah, me too. It's I mean, we two saw hours it. of stupid fun mm-hmm. in front of a ridiculously huge screen. Cause, yeah. Because we only go to the IMAX. Cause yeah. Why? Why? Why not? Um. And for two hours, you're totally entertained. Mm-hmm. And it's it's very different from sitting at home and watching like four episodes of a really smart, intricate drama. Uh, by the way, Orange is the New Black premieres June 6th. I'm going to re- I'm gonna rewatch the whole season one before that. So good. I enjoyed that. Did you watch Weeds? No, I never watched Weeds. That's the same showrunner. Yeah. You'd like Weeds. Yeah. It's that sort of show gets, fell apart. Yeah, yeah, I was just gonna say the first few seasons are great. I'm always up for the first crazy. couple seasons of a great thing. I watch 55 shows a year, so like just episodes or like series. No, no, 50. I'm current in like over 50 shows. Uh, okay, can you, okay. <laughs> what are the most embarrassing shows that you watch, or like the dumbest ones that you still enjoy? Or maybe maybe you're rage watching them. I don't know. No, I, I watch. There's a show called Supernatural on the CW, which is uh, two brothers that hunt monsters. All right. That is into season 10 now is going to start. <laughs> and the, only the first five seasons were truly good, but I can't stop watching. I understand. <laughs> I'm watching a show called Starcrossed on the CW that's like a stupid high school sci-fi drama that like... It's not Tell even, me more. None of it is even good, but I'm watching it. I just watch it all the time. And that's new this year? Yeah, it's new this year. Uh-huh. It's probably going to get canceled because it's a sci-fi probably. teenage drama. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, yeah, there's just so much dumb stuff to talk about. <laughs> and uh, and um, that reminds me, you have a podcast about comic books? <laughs> <laughs> I do, yeah. So uh, Issues, it's on the Mule Radio Network with mm-hmm. Ed Casey. We're on a hiatus right now because I'm trying to move to San Francisco. All right. Um, but we'll pick up again in another week. Well, maybe when you pick up again, uh, you can have me on and I can find out more about... Oh, my God. That's going to be the best episode ever. Uh, we'll do that. We will do that. I, I think that'll be really fun. I have so many questions. <laughs> maybe we'll give you some comics to read and then you could tell us what you I think. I like it better if I just <laughs> don't know. Just cold? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. I think that I, I like I like preserving that sense of wonder. Um, yeah, maybe maybe that maybe I'm just gonna go on their show instead. Oh, maybe totally. We'll switch, no, feel free. Feel free for a little while, just so that I can get up to speed on I'm all good. of the comic books. Instead of reading them, I will just ask you about sure. every single one. <laughs> that makes sense. I'll know everything. I already know everything about uh, the Punisher. Um and what was the other one? The Daredevil. destroyer, the, the Daredevil, the Daredevil, <laughs> the Daredevil, the blind lawyer who can't eat cilantro. Um, really excited. Um, thank you for having us, or thank you for having us. Thank, thank you. For, thank you for having me. <laughs> I can't <me>. talk. <laughs> no worries. Thank, <laughs> thank you 
for having us on our podcast. You're welcome. You're very welcome. The next person who says no worries to me is getting punched in the face. No worries. No worries. No worries. Uh, Thank you so much for being on our show today. I know that Mike dragged you in at the very last minute. Happy to be here. Um, And and good luck at your new uh, position at the Mule Design Studio. Thank you. Um, We should get drinks and talk about it before we start, just so that I can give you a little rundown. That would be helpful. Yeah, just the secrets. (laughs) How exciting. Yeah. (laughs) Mike, it's been real again. Jesse. Thank you to our sponsors, Squarespace and An Event Apart. Um, And all of our $5 fans. Thank you, everybody, for listening. This has been Let's Make Mistakes. And we are sorry. No worries. <laughs>